Hey everyone, Matt Strapp here, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we begin, a polite reminder, if you could take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, we would appreciate it. Right now, it is time, as always, to talk waiver wire pickups with Steve Alexander. Steve, we're heading into that odd collection of two-game weeks around the All-Star break. Uh, we got to navigate this as fantasy owners. Different leagues do this differently, but the bottom line is we're still going to talk about the top values to pick up here. And we'll start in Boston. We got a bit of a scare with Kyrie Irving when his knee reportedly buckled on Saturday night. Then we got news on Sunday afternoon that it's apparently not serious. He's day-to-day. We all know that maybe means he could still be out a stretch. But good news nonetheless. Avoided anything major, it looks like. What do you think of Terry Rozier, given all the news uh, surrounding Kyrie Irving? Well, I'm not nearly as excited about him as I was a few hours ago when I wrote this. But he's 49% owned. His previous five games, even with Kyrie for a lot of that, was 12 points, five boards, four assists, steal, a couple threes. He basically got value, whether or not Kyrie is healthy. But he's not nearly as enticing as he was if Kyrie was going to miss you know, three or four games. To me, he's a guy who, if you have Kyrie Irving on your roster, and you you know, I don't really practice handcuffing really when, in fantasy basketball very much. There are very few cases where I would, but this is one where absolutely, I think if you have Kyrie, you've got to get Rozier one way or the other, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to handcuff somebody this year, Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irving are two guys that I kind of want to have their backups, and that's who Rozier is, so yeah. All right, well, uh, meanwhile, we saw Tyler Johnson obviously traded to the Suns, and his first game with Phoenix did not go great. He shot one for nine for five points. Did play 28 minutes, though, so uh, he played again on Sunday. Steve, how has his outlook changed for you now that he is in Phoenix? How much more potential do you see here, given that he's now out of Eric Spolstra's insane rotation? Well, to be honest with you, I was not that excited about the TJ move to the Suns initially, and then I talked to some of you guys, some of the Roto World boys, and we all came to the conclusion that, yeah, they're going to play him, and they're going to play him a lot, and he is somebody that, that we should look at picking up. First game was a struggle. We don't know how he did on Sunday yet. That will be known by the time people are listening to this. Um, 37% owned. The Suns only have three games over the All-Star break, so that, that's one of the worst schedules there is. So short-term... I don't think he is going to really go crazy, but long-term, it looks like the Suns are going to play him a lot down the stretch, and he, he can hit threes, he can score, he can rebound a little bit, he can get assists, steals. So, I, I mean, there's potential there. To me, he's a guy that, in a, especially in a deeper league, I'm going to pick him up and see what happens. Uh, there are a bunch of point guards mentioned in your in your column. One who didn't get mentioned, and I, we were talking offline before this, because you never dropped him. Colin Sexton owned in 44% of Yahoo leagues. I think some people did drop him. However, he has gotten hot lately. A few uh, strong scoring games in a row. He hasn't been a great fantasy player this year because he really hasn't done a lot outside of points. But do you think the arrow is actually pointing out for Sexton? Is this just a small sample size? Uh, How optimistic are you about the rookie down the stretch? You know, if he's scoring points consistently, I'm okay with that because The other stuff, he'll get that in, you know, he'll have one game where he'll have a a good line across the board, and then he'll have two games where he won't. But it all kind of evens out in the wash. As long as he's scoring points and playing 35 minutes a game, 
I mean, he's a guy for me. I, I think he should be owned. Yeah, and his last three games are uh, two 27-point games in a row and then a 16-point game. Hit a total of nine threes in those games, shooting well from the field. You know, the guy's 20 years old, so we don't really know what he is yet as a fantasy player. So this could be the start of a, of a big stretch run. So if he's out there in your shallow league, I think he is worth a look for sure. Steve, next name I want to talk about, a couple more point guards. You had Patty Mills in the waiver wired column. He's really widely available out there. Obviously Derek White is out. Maybe Derek White may be back soon after the All-Star break. Do you think Patty can put together a couple good short weeks for fantasy owners here? I think he can and, and you know, I said in my column like when I'm setting the DFS lineup, it's hard to pick between Patty Mills and Bryn Forbes because you never know which one's going to get the minutes from Pop and which one's going to have a big night, but Patty's been pretty good. And like you said, Derek White's out. As long as Derek White is out, I think using Patty or Bryn Forbes will work out, especially like in DFS. But even in season-long leagues over the All-Star break, three games makes them tough. I'd rather roll the dice on a four-game player like Patrick Beverly. I'd rather use than, than either one of the Spurs point guards. But with Derek White out, those guys both produce, and they're at least worth a look. Luke Kennard was a guy that we had pinpointed as one of the candidates to take over the Reggie Bullock-designated Detroit Pistons jack-up three-pointers role. And he had a a somewhat encouraging game on Friday, especially considering that he played 29 minutes. Do you think Kennard is a guy who can basically potentially step into Bullock's numbers and uh, play consistently the rest of the way? I kind of think he's going to, yeah. Uh, I think he's going to take over the Bullock role. I think the Pistons like him. He's a pretty decent player. Now, you look at his game log, he's, he's got some real dogs in there. Um, <laughs> but he's also had some decent games, uh, even when Bullock was there. So with Bullock gone, I, I really kind of feel like he's a guy that if you want to pick a sleeper up for the second half or the, the remaining games of the season, to me, he looks like a good candidate just because the opportunity almost has to be there. Steve, when you look at his game log, though, the other thing I'll say is when he gets 25 or so minutes, 25, give or take, the numbers are usually pretty good, especially when he's over 25 minutes. So, and again, he had three boards, three assists, 12 points, a couple of threes, and a block on Friday. He's not going to do a ton for you outside of points and threes, I don't think, but showing a little bit of potential to get some boards and assists. So I'm with you. I like him as a pickup. He's very widely available. 4%. Yeah, 4%. So, I mean, shoot. Give the guy a look. Uh, he could be in line to get a lot of opportunity for Detroit. And just a quick update here on the Pistons and Luke Kennard. After we taped this podcast on Sunday, we got word via Pistons beat writer Rod Beard that Wayne Ellington, the Pistons' new pickup, appears to be likely to start. And Beard had a quote from Dwayne Casey basically saying that the Pistons are going to put Ellington into the things they did with Reggie Bullock. So that actually makes Ellington, I think, the priority pickup over Kennard. So keep that in mind as you're making your waiver moves. I would personally add Ellington over Kennard if I have that choice. Looks like Ellington is going to get the first shot at replacing Reggie Bullock and putting up all those threes. Kennard, though, I think still has some potential in deep leagues, so keep him on your radar as well. DeLon Wright, Steve, was another name that we talked about a lot at the deadline. He's now with the Grizzlies. Sometimes I think that we start to hope that a player will get a chance just because he has a certain skill set and has the potential to be a, a strong fantasy player. Do you think our hopes are going to align with the reality in Memphis? Well, you said it best. I mean, he's got the skill set to be a really good fantasy player. He should get opportunity in Memphis because they're so bad. 
He can play several different positions. Uh, really, really strong defender. Should get a lot of steals. He played 23 minutes on Saturday. Didn't do a whole lot. But if he gets 25 minutes a game, I, I think DeLon Wright is somebody who's going to be able to give you some value and, and be worth owning in a lot of leagues. Yeah, Wright's per 36-minute numbers this season with the, with Toronto, around 13.5 points, 5 boards, 4.5 assists, 1.8 steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.23. So that's the skill set we're talking about. So potentially a pretty exciting player and, and pretty encouraging, I guess, that he got 23 minutes right out of the gate with his new team. Yep, it is encouraging. And, you know, depending on who you talk to at Roto-World, you know, Gallagher's probably going to call Wright a must-own player. I'm I'm not going to go that far, but I, I'm certainly intrigued uh, with his new look in, in Memphis. Steve, one of the most irritating guys in fantasy leagues this season has been Alan Crabb. Obviously had a very long absence, and he just now came back and actually had a really good game on Friday, 19 points, five threes in 21 minutes. Is this the start of something for Crab, is it too crowded in Brooklyn? How how aggressive would you be in trying to pick him up? I don't know, man. It's very crowded there. You've got Karis LeVert, you got Spencer Dinwiddie, you got D'Angelo Russell. Uh, there, there's just a lot of guys. You got Joe Harris. Just a lot of guys that all kind of do the same thing. So I think Crab is probably going to be inconsistent. But 19 points and five triples in 21 minutes on Friday, that's pretty exciting. He's been. I think it was Gallagher wrote, you know, he's been a really good fantasy player for like 11 of the last 12 months uh, that he's played. But coming off an injury, that Nets rotation is deep and murky. So I'm not like racing out to pick up Alan Crabb. But, you know, he plays four games over the next two weeks, which is on the high side of things. So I, I am okay with taking a flyer on Crabb. I am a little worried about the knee acting up again at some point, and maybe he misses some, some games. But overall, he, he should at least give you points and threes. Do you agree, Steve, that, I mean, for me, I think I would rather take a flyer on Luke Kennard personally than Alan Crabb. Are you, just, just because of opportunity, are you with me there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I had Kennard ranked in front, or listed in front of Crabb. So, yeah, I, I'd rather roll the dice on Kennard. But I would, based on the conversation we've already had, I think I would pick up DeLon Wright over Kennard just for upside. Upside? What? Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I feel like I have more faith in Kennard the rest of the way than I do Alan Crabb. DeLon Wright? No, no, no. Oh, no, DeLon I'm talking Wright. about Crabb. No, oh, I, threw DeLon, I threw DeLon Wright into the equation. I was, saying, yes. I, I was saying I would rather pick up DeLon Wright than Kennard yes, if we're yes, ranking you, these guys. That's exactly what you said. Um <laughs> to pure, me, pure confusion for a minute there. To me, that is a toss-up. I'm on a lot of cold medication right now. Please forgive me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, uh, to me, DeLon Wright and Luke Kennard are, are kind of a flip of the coin. I Honestly, whichever one of those guys has the most games every week from here on in is probably the guy I'm going to go with that week. And I, I think they're both probably going to be available a lot. Uh, so you can probably just stream that position and, and just go with the guy who's got the, got the games those guys readily available in a lot of leagues jabari parker less so i think but i think we need to talk about him for a second steve he was in the column and uh has had a couple of impressive games since joining the wizards i think the knock on parker has been he doesn't always do a lot outside of points some boards etc but his first two games in washington have been pretty dynamic 
Do you think this is a fluke, Steve, or a sign of things to come for this new team? No, Otto Porter Jr. is gone, and Parker looked really good in both games. I mean, 11 boards, 9 assists, 3 steals and a block and a 3 on Friday. Saturday had 20 points, 5 boards, 6 assists, a steal and 2 blocks. I mean, that's filling it up across the board. To me, you just go pick him up. You don't worry about all the all the stuff in the past. This is a new a new world for Jabari Parker, and so far he's made it his world. <laughs> all right, so get Jabari Parker into your lineup. Steve, the Wizards play four times. Four times over the next two weeks. We are moving onward to another recent waiver wire sensation, Kenrick Williams, a guy we've talked about already before, but now it's a little different. Anthony Davis is back. It sounds to me, Steve, like you're still encouraged by Kenrick's outlook, even with AD back in the mix. Even AD even played a back-to-back, surprisingly, this weekend. But you think Kenrick Williams can maintain some value, Steve, the rest of the way? I do. Drew Holiday called him a star. Williams has been really good over his last five, like 12 points, eight boards, four assists, a block, two threes. He almost had a triple-double, uh, 10, 13, and 7 with a block and a three. I think that was on Saturday, maybe. So the Pelicans seem to really like him. We still don't really know what Anthony Davis is going to do the rest of the season. Williams has played well enough over the last two weeks that I'm kind of just going to keep going to him until he falls off the map. And so far, he's he stayed on the map. And Jaleel Okafor was out for those two games that Anthony Davis played. But, I mean, look, Williams got 37 minutes in those games. So, yeah, he appears to be pretty entrenched at the moment. So, to the extent he's out there in your league, go get him. Uh, Another forward, Steve, who's made some interesting noise lately is Jake Lehman. Pretty dynamic athlete. uh, Appears to be – well, is shooting it really well right now for the Blazers. I think – the conventional wisdom was Rodney Hood is there now, so Lehman is going to lose his value. But Lehman's been rolling, and uh, I think he's a pretty good pickup. What do you think, Steve? Rodney Hood has not had a great season. Uh, yes, he's going to challenge Jake Lehman for minutes and production, but I still think Lehman's the better player. He's the better player right now, at least. And, you know, Lehman's averaging, what, 15 points, six boards, two assists, almost a block and one and a half threes in 30 minutes over his last five games. Hood might cut into that a little bit, but I think Lehman's a strong pickup. So while we're taping this Lehman in action, so check back to see how he did on Sunday. But yeah, Lehman is trending up and looks like he's carving out a pretty significant role in that Blazers rotation. A couple Mavs I want to talk about, Steve. Maxi Kleber is now starting for Dallas. He's been hitting double figures consistently. This guy does a little bit of everything, especially he gets threes and blocks, which I think makes him intriguing. Are, are you running to pick up Kleber wherever he's available? I'm not sure I'm running, but I'm fast walking in it's my new... speed walking. Okay, I'm, you're race walking. All well, right. I've got my white New Balances and blue jeans on, and I'm, I'm sort of like, I've got a, a brisk dad-like pace okay, uh, to go get walk. him. Uh, no, I do like Kleber quite a bit, and Harrison Barnes is gone. Dennis Smith Jr. is gone. Kleber is starting. He's scored in double figures in three straight games. He's played at least 25 minutes in four straight. He's putting up like nine points and seven boards with a block and a steal and one and a half threes over his last four games. Super available right now. Him and Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Dwight Powell. All three of those Mavericks are worth a look right now because they just need guys to play. 
Yeah, I had people asking me whether I liked Kleber or Powell um, as a pickup right around the deadline. And I think it's really close. To me, I think I lean slightly toward Kleber, but I can understand if you would rather pick up Powell. Matt, what are Maxi Kleber's per oh per stats? Per 36? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty nice. And I'll tell you right now, because I was just looking at this the other day. Uh, stand by. Maxi Kleber per 36 minutes. He's uh, around 12 points, 7.5 boards, 1.0 steals, 2.3 blocks, 1.8 threes. So, I mean, do you like blocks and threes? Because I do. I like them. <laughs> that's that's the question you have to ask yourself when you're picking a Maxi Kleber. Do you like blocks and threes? No, I don't. I don't like those. Oh, oh you're not into them. No, right, I yeah, only like points not... and horrible field goal percentage. So. Oh, oh, no wonder you like Colin Sexton so much. <laughs> All right. Hey, speaking of which, uh, actually not speaking of that at all, Ivan Rab, Steve, it's been an interesting few days because he started to emerge. Things were looking good. Marcus Gasol was getting traded away. We all stashed Rab. We were all excited about him. Then they got a center back. So I think a bunch of people then dropped Rab because it's like, all right, I'm moving on from that pickup. There's another now a better pickup to make. But wait, Jonas Valanciunas is going to come off the bench. Rab is going to start. And I think he's, once again, a very good pickup. Do you agree? Yeah, and I feel bad because when they acquired Jonas Valanciunas, the Roto World line was, well, Rab's done. And yeah, you know, I I, somebody t- hit me on Twitter, I think, and was like, why is Rab done? He looked great last night. Well, Jonas Valanciunas didn't play in that game. Then we found out yesterday that Memphis is going to keep starting Rab and Valentinus is ready to go. He had some visa issues uh, that caused him to not make his debut in their last game, but he's coming. Uh, it's not an ideal situation, but if you picked up Rab and did not drop him, I, I suggest you keep holding him until we see how this plays out. Uh, I played Rab in a DFS lineup last week, and he went off for like 40 points, uh, 40 FanDuel points, and, and just killed it. So... It looked like he was going to go away, and now it looks like he's not going to go away. So I, I'm kind of in on Rab. Rab's one of those guys, like, you know, if you find a, a little indie rock band that you like that nobody else knows about, that was mm-hmm. sort of who Ivan Rab was in fantasy basketball world uh, 10 days ago, and he's got a chance to keep it going. So I, I'm sticking with him until we see how this plays out. What band would you say he was, like, if you had to put a band name on Ivan Rab? Mm. That is a great question. How about Houndmouth? Okay, Houndmouth. They they sing this incredible song called Sedona. Nobody knows about them. They're awesome. Okay, I certainly don't. But by the way, I did hang on to, I did pick up and hang on to Ivan Rab because I I did too. I sort of had. I sort of had a feeling that the Grizzlies are going to keep playing. I mean, what what reason do the Grizzlies have to to suddenly bench a promising young guy? Memphis is the land of opportunity right now. You know what I mean, Steve? <laughs> it, Delano, abso- right? it absolutely is. It could be a pretty exciting bad team down the stretch. I think they have, you know, maybe it's going to get interesting there. Well, I think with Justin Holiday and Rab and DeLon Wright, like there's a lot of things that are very interesting in Memphis right now. And, and like when I play Ivan Rab and he's in my lineup, I, I'll watch the Grizzlies and they're, they're kind of fun because it's sort of like watching a D-League team. Uh, where you've got people going off that you've never heard of, and it's exciting. It's like a D-League team that Mike Conley is being forced to play for. (laughs) He's like, come on. All right, what is going on here? He's like the general manager, coach, and starting point guard for a (laughs) a G-League team. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, if it's a Zubak, owned in just 34% of Yahoo leagues as we tape, which kind of befuddles me, Steve. The starting center for the Clippers out of the Lakers' messy center rotation into a much cleaner situation and a great situation with the Clippers, that number's got to go up soon, right? Yeah, I mean, I said in the column, like, if you need a center, you should pick him up, Zubach, because Montrezl Harrell is still going to get all his minutes off the bench, and I think they're going to start Zubach over over Harrell. So Harrell's still going to do what he does, but there's plenty of room for Zubach to get his and start. Uh, he's got a good skill set for a center, and you know what do you have? Twelve points, nine boards, three blocks on Saturday yeah. against the Celtics. Pretty good defensive team. So, uh, yeah, I like it, man. Yeah, I mean, it's again. I think in a really competitive league, he may never have even hit the waiver wire. But thirty-four percent makes you wonder. So, some people listening to this probably could go get Zubats right now. Steve, you told me that you got. Uh, digitally yelled at for not including Cody Zeller in the waiver wired column. So let's include him here. Tell me more. Well, I, I did not prepare a Cody Zeller rant uh, for today, but Cody Zeller is someone who is back. He, he missed like over a month with that hand injury, came back, started playing pretty decent for Charlotte. It then looked like Mark Gasol was going to go to Charlotte and crush all of our Cody Zeller dreams, Mm -hmm. including Mr. and Mrs. Zeller, his parents. Mm. Like, everyone's dreams were about to die. But lo and behold, Mark Gasol did not go to Charlotte. Cody Zeller is still the man in Charlotte. And the guy that yelled at me via the old school email way uh, has a point. I mean, I probably should have had Cody Zeller on the list. I screwed up and just missed him. But, uh... He's kind of bland. He's kind of he's not the most exciting fantasy guy around. But Zeller will hit a three every now and then. He'll block a shot every now and then. He'll get you some points and boards. And he should be the man in the middle for Charlotte the rest of the way. Well, so he missed all those games, Steve. He's been back for three, and those three games were all pretty solid. And if you look at his last 15 active games, you know, on both sides of the injury, he's around nine points, eight boards, two assists, just under a steal and a block per game that's over 15 game stretch so like you said it's not a thrilling stat line but it definitely has value if you're looking at 9.8 rebounds a steal and a block and a couple of assists he can help you so if you can stomach a little bit of boredom cody zeller is worth a pickup you know the word i like to use with guys like zeller is they're serviceable (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair that's fair it's a nice way of saying boring right yeah and and sort of effective so quickly, Steve, before we get out of here, I want to talk about a few potential players to drop. We will start with a guy who has been droppable for weeks, yet his ownership number just continues to stay in the 40s. I believe it's 41% right now. Taj Gibson. Is there any case to be made, Steve, for hanging on to Taj Gibson in anything but an extremely deep league? You know, I feel like he has been surpassed by Dario Saric, finally, uh, there in Minnesota. I mean, Gibson has been fading. He did play pretty well in his last game. I did I did see that. But before that, it had been really shaky, and even his good game wasn't that great. I just feel like now that Tom Thibodeau's gone, like Taj's number one cheerleader is no longer in Minnesota, and Flip Saunders' kid um, seems to prefer Dario, and I do too. Well, the losses are piling up too for Minnesota. They lost six of their last seven. So you've got to think that Dario is going to get more and more chances uh, going forward. Another name, Steve, Alfred Payton, injured right now. 
and frankly was possibly a drop even before getting injured. So any reason to hang on to him if you have multiple injured players and you got to cut one loose? You know, Peyton played really well for a minute for New Orleans. Like when things were going well, he was playing pretty well. He's always a triple-double threat kind of guy. So I, I kind of like him, but... That team has Tim Frazier, they have Frank Jackson, they have Drew Holiday. Like, there's a lot of options uh, at point guard. Peyton's been hurt for so long, and there's other guys they can play. They're not going anywhere. They're kind of a mess, the whole Anthony Davis thing. Um, I, I'm fine with dropping Alfred Payton. Monte Morris has been an absolute sensation with the injuries in Denver. However, he played just 13 minutes on Friday uh, you have him as a pickup in the in the column, Steve. He's only thirty four percent of leagues. He's kind of right on the line. Like, do you pick him up and and hope that there are more injuries giving him more minutes? Do you drop him now, saying his opportunity is over? Which way are you leaning? Well, I don't think that Monte Morris is a must own player any longer. He was when Jamal Murray was out, no doubt about it. He killed when Murray was out. And that thirteen minute game is very disturbing. He played thirteen minutes on Friday, so. But we also saw Malik Beasley have like a 13 or 14 minute game recently. And then he went right back to where he was before that and continued to kill it. So I'm kind of hoping that's what happens with Monty. I'm hoping it was a fluke. But the reality is with Jamal Murray around, it's going to be very hard for Monty Morris to keep it going. I To me, he's the ultimate wait and see guy. I think he's the guy that it makes sense to have him as a pickup and also as a drop on the same column because... It could go either. It could go either way. All right, Steve, your waiver wired column is up on Roto World as we speak. As we get into these two weeks surrounding the All Star break, go check that out. We only hit some of the names in there. There's a lot more to look at, so everyone check that out. Steve, thanks for taking the time, man. I enjoyed it as always. Uh, Matt, this was a lot of fun as usual. I got to give a shout out real quick. I got to give a shout Enjoy. out to my man Cape, little ten year old buddy of my son's. I was having lunch with him today, and he said. Now, what is this podcast that you do? I said, well, it's all about fantasy basketball. You, you'll probably find it extremely boring. He's like, do you think you could say my name in it? Then I'll listen to it. So there it is. Uh, nice. Way to go, Kate. I thought you were going to say you'll probably find it extremely serviceable. <laughs> it is serviceable if you want to hear your name uh, out there in the digital media world. All right. Shout out to Kate. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.